on a great Christmas gift or Hanukkah or whatever Kwanzaa holiday you may celebrate. Would you give gifts? Garage experts. Complete transformation of that garage, making it a living space. I mean, you paid for that square footage. Why simply have it be a dusty, dirty storage facility that you pull your vehicle in when it can be uh, an impressive point in your home and with garage experts, you can do just that. I did it with mine. And not just when it comes to the highest quality epoxy flooring that you can find with hundreds of different color schemes to match your style, uh, look like a showroom floor, but custom design storage as well. It's a tremendous gift, particularly if it's for that somebody uh, that you are, are married to or living with that's hard to buy for. And at the same time, you're investing in your home, improving the value of your home. So it's a gift to everyone. Garage experts under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Well, Trump made his announcement yesterday uh, to no surprise whatsoever. We had polling yesterday that what, there was some national polling and state-by-state state polling that showed that after the midterms, the attitudes have shifted for a lot of people and that DeSantis was now the favorite. Well, there's a new poll out that shows not so fast. It says that Trump is still the favorite over DeSantis, so we'll share that. Also, what's considered sort of the first hit by DeSantis is, is he was asked about Trump and the Trump insults and so forth and and uh, we'll play audio of that um, here in just a moment as well. And already there are a couple of um, uh, left-wing outfits that are launching an attempt to block Trump from running, uh, claiming that due to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, he should not be allowed to run for president because he was involved in an insurrection something that still to this day no one has been charged with. Now, I'm not even talking convicted of, even charged with. You got charges of trespassing. You have charges of parading without a permit. You have charges of vandalism. You have a conspiracy charge of sedition, uh, which we have audio from a congressional hearing yesterday in which the head of the FBI refused to say whether or not FBI agents dressed as Trump supporters and were in the Capitol before the the so-called breach even occurred. Um, but there's no one who has even been charged with insurrection. So it would seem sort of odd that you would try and block somebody from running for president for something that legally, according to this administration, no one's even accused of. Jason Ryman now with the latest news. Green County deputies say a teenager shot a man during a domestic dispute. Investigators say the teen shot the man after assaulting his mother. It happened at a home in the 3400 block of North Farm Road 143, north of the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds. The man was shot in the head and called 911. No arrests have been made. A Missouri judge says an agency previously led by Republican Josh Hawley broke public record laws on purpose to help his U.S. Senate campaign. 
Cole County Presiding Judge John Beatham fined the Attorney General's Office $12,000 plus attorney's fees. Beatham says the Attorney General's Office lied about not having records and did not quickly provide them in an attempt to protect Holly's Senate campaign. Kansas City Royals owner John Sherman says the team is considering several sites to build a replacement for the aging Kauffman Stadium. In a letter to fans, Sherman estimated the new stadium district could cost $2 billion. That would make it the most costly project in Kansas City history. Sherman says the sites under consideration are in downtown Kansas City or close to it. And hunters have harvested more than 93,000 deer during the opening weekend of firearms deer season in Missouri. The Conservation Department says the most deer were taken in Franklin, Texas, and Callaway counties. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Scattered flurries this morning, otherwise a sunny day with a high of 35. Clear tonight, 19. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, 44 for a high. Friday, partly sunny, high of 32. Streaming live on Facebook, 1041 Nick Reed. Friday, we will be broadcasting live from Scramblers. Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Tony. Also, just a couple of other things to note, reasons to go to ksgf.com. We still have this week uh, underway the Show Us Your Best Shot, as so many of you are out hunting and posting those photos on social media. You can submit those to ksgf.com. Show Us Your Best Shot with Quick Draw Gun. Uh, the end uh, or after next week, we will uh, randomly draw one of your entries, and if it's you, you get a five hundred dollar gift card for Quick Draw Gun. Great place, great people, by the way. And today, very excited, is our first KSGF lunch bunch, and Lord knows how long with Retro Metro. You can get yourself registered by going to ksgf.com, and if you win. You and up to five of your friends or coworkers will join us for delicious lunch and, of course, incredible company at Retro Metro uh, on a, a Wednesday. And uh, we've got those details and how to enter at ksgf.com. So Trump announced the 2024 presidential run. Uh, he said, quote, I am officially running for president of the United States. We're going to make our country great again. The country needs a truly great leader, and we need a truly great leader now. We need a leader that wrote The Art of the Deal. We need a leader that can bring back our jobs, can bring back our manufacturing, bring back our military, take care of our vets. Our vets have been abandoned, Trump said, after noting that America's comeback starts right now. And he officially filed his candidacy with the Federal Election Commission as a Republican for 2024. And, of course, he's been teasing this for some time, uh, that, in fact, he was going to make the run. Um, now, there, the landscape, of course, is much different now. When Trump ran, Trump, to me anyhow, I, I believe one of the reasons that he was successful is he was this lone soul, this one light, this lighthouse, if you will, for Republicans that for so long had been told you have to behave a certain way, you have to accept certain double standards, you have to accept that you're going to be called a racist and a homophobe and all these things, and you have to accept that America isn't the greatest country. In fact, that's, uh, that, that is that um, that uh, is xenophobic for you to make such claims. And, and you know, Trump came along, and I, he, I always equated him to the new kid in school who was the tough kid, and you were in the AV club, and you were nerdy and not popular and picked on, and this guy came along and decided to defend you. You've seen this play out in movies. 
you know, it's his first day in school and he sees the the popular kids are the jocks and they're pushing you around, shoving you in lockers. And he's like, hey, what's your problem? Why don't you pick on someone your own size? And it's like, oh, my gosh, somebody cool standing up for me and this 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 gratitude. And, and that just did not exist. It filled a vacuum. I think for a lot of people who really do like Trump, there are other um, other people that fall within that description, which is a good thing. Thank God, because this was one of my biggest fears. And, and I remember saying it, that what happens when Trump's gone? There's nobody. You know, it's just it, it, there's Trump and then there's the Republican establishment. And they're trying to get him out. And once he's gone, it's just going to go back to the old ways. But there is hope that we've seen. And so that's, you know, and with that, though, for some people comes options. You know, there are people who liked what Trump did, but they didn't like the personality trait. And they see other options as people who have the things I like about Trump, but I don't have to worry about the things I don't like. So it does change the landscape. All that being said, I do find it just a little bit humorous and somewhat Groundhog Day-ish that the same usual suspects, particularly the establishment Republicans, are telling us there's no way Trump can win, that Trump this and Trump that. It's like deja vu all over again. Is this not? I'm just hearing a lot of the things that you and I heard prior to the 2016 election. And that is that there's no way he can win. I mean, were, were we not told that? Were, how many of those debates where he was the the one out of 16 different Republicans during some of the primary debates and the, the, the attack point against Trump was a vote for Trump is a vote for Hillary. A vote for Trump in the primary is a vote for Hillary in the general election because he is the only... Republican candidate that cannot beat Hillary Clinton. We were told that over and over again. And he pulled it off. Now, Biden beat him. A number of people understandably note that there was a lot of, when it comes to voting, even if you put the cheating, illegal cheating aside, the legalization of forms of cheating uh, helped potentially push Biden over the edge, but those things haven't changed. In fact, they've gotten worse. So one could argue if Trump couldn't overcome it when he dealt with it two years ago, how on earth is he going to overcome it when even more states allow ballot harvesting, when even more states allow uh, the the mail-in voting and so forth? So the point being is there's so many different components here. That I don't think you can look at anyone, and this is the mistake a lot of people make, they look at this at one of the 80 spokes in a wheel, and they focus on that to determine whether or not Trump is, is, uh, is electable. And I don't think that you can do that right now at, at this particular point uh, in, in you know where we are in politics and American life and so forth. So... Um, the announcement's been made. Everyone's going to approach it differently, but this is how I'm going to approach it. All this discussion about should he run, shouldn't he run, should this and should that. You know what? That's what the primaries are for. That's what the caucuses are for uh, to make the decision as to who the nominee is going to be. 
That that's why that that's why that process exists. And we have gotten again, and I, I'm reiterating a point I made yesterday, where we have largely from media and Republican establishment been conditioned to before the primaries already just accept whom it is that the nominee is going to be, and then the primaries are a formality. I think that it's healthy to get out of that mindset. I think it's healthy to look at this as an audition process. I think that this is a way, when we ultimately go back and forth, should he, shouldn't he, should, I mean, of course he is going to, but that's what, you know, these these questions keep getting asked. And, you know, if I'm an elected Republican and I'm asked, should Trump run? My answer is going to be in the context of the general election, that's up to the Republican voters. They'll make that decision. They'll be making that decision when they vote in the primary in Missouri. They'll be making that decision, the people of Iowa for their caucus, in New Hampshire for their primary, for every state. That's that's the decision. I mean, I, yeah, I'll be voting as well. Don't necessarily know whom it is. It's going to depend who else is running. It's going to depend on the circumstances at the time. It's going to depend on how they sell themselves on the campaign trail. But that's not for me to decide as a U.S. senator. That's not for me to decide as as a former presidential candidate. That's for the voters to decide. That's why we have this process. That's the answer. And I think it's the answer. That re- Republicans need to stop acting like the primary process that we probably – that I don't know whether we'll go through it or not. I don't know. I'm 50-50 on whether or not DeSantis runs. But, oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, there's going to be blood on the floor. It's going to be the you know Armageddon. Let's stop looking at it that way. And let's look at it as an audition, that this is part of the process. This is the way it's been done for a very long time. And guess what? We'll all survive after it. And whomever it is that wins, we're going to get behind them and support them for president of the United States. I think that that, that we need to reset our attitudes about this. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Sarah Myers. Thank you, thank you. Oh, i got to turn my headphones up. There we go. Well, your home is the largest investment that you will make, so that's why it's important to take care of it the best that you can. And I don't know about you, but whenever something does go wrong in your home, it can be incredibly frustrating on that front. But it's also frustrating finding somebody reliable and trustworthy to come into your home and fix those issues. And that's why I recommend Beatles Property Maintenance. Now, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S, and they do a variety of home repairs and maintenance. They do a lot of big jobs like mold remediation, crawl space repairs, as well as electrical issues. But they can also help you with some of those smaller jobs as well, like installing new lights, new ceiling fans, replacing decks, etc., etc. So if you are in need of a home repair or maintenance, give Beatles Property Maintenance a call today. You can find all of their contact information housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. So yesterday we had a couple of polls. One of them was a national poll of, I think, registered voters regarding Trump DeSantis. And it noted DeSantis now, after the midterms, had a lead over Trump. They also did a state-by-state. Florida, DeSantis had a lead, which is definitely expected um, amongst, uh, either I think, registered voters. They also looked at Iowa, Texas, Georgia. Uh, New Hampshire, and same thing. And, and so this is great DeSantis news. Now, that being said, there's a new poll out. 
I mean, these these polls are so irrelevant to to some degree, other than what's happening right now. But yeah, former President Donald Trump holds a fourteen point lead over Governor Ron DeSantis in a potential 2024 Republican primary matchup. A Tuesday Politico morning consult poll found 47% of Republicans and Republican-leaning independents back Trump, while 33% to support DeSantis. In third place was former Vice President Mike Pence at 5%. The poll sampled 1,983 registered voters after Election Day from November 10th through the 14th with a two-point margin of error. Uh, GOP primary polling appears to have shifted after the election. Morning console polling from November 2 to 7 showed Trump with a similar amount of support. Uh, DeSantis's improving poll numbers were also captured in Monday's YouGov poll, which found 42% of respondents supported DeSantis versus Trump at 35. And so this is um, you know, a, a, a different poll. And it, in fact, shows that Trump holds the lead over DeSantis. But, you know, like I said, it's a national poll. And it is, on one hand, it's silly, it's goofy uh, to even talk about polls at this point, even particularly a national poll. But nonetheless, it's it's what the chattering class is discussing. As Trump announced last night that he is running again for the White House. Two groups are already working behind the scenes to mount a national push to get election officials to stop him from being on the ballot because of January 6th, the event in which Trump wasn't actually there, and instructed anyone who was at the event where he spoke, if they were going to go there, to peacefully go there. Free speech for people, isn't that hilarious? Free Speech for People is one of the organizations that is trying to prevent Trump from running for president, claiming that his speech led to an insurrection which disqualifies him. The Free Speech for People organization. Boy, that gives you some insight as to what they really think of free speech. And as usual with the left, free speech means they get to say what they want and they also decide what you get to say. Mi Familia Vota, along with Free Speech for People, launching campaigns via TrumpDisqualified.org to urge secretaries of state and other chief election officials to bar the former president from running for office under Section 3, of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution known as the Disqualification Clause. Enacted after the Civil War, it blocks any person from holding federal office who has taken an oath to protect the Constitution, uh, but who is engaged in insurrection against the U.S. or given aid and comfort to its enemies. Uh, Free speech for the people previously challenged uh, some other elected officials like Madison Cawthorn and Major, uh, Major... Marjorie, rather, Taylor Green, arguing that their speech uh, contributed to January 6th. Again, the Free Speech for People organization arguing this. Now, I'm sorry, I thought left-wingers wanted Trump to run. Isn't that what we keep hearing? That, that he is the guy that they want to run because they know that they can beat him. 
that they are just salivating at the idea of Trump running. So this seems sort of odd, doesn't it? Is this not a contradiction that the very people we claim desperately want Trump to be on the ballot are also doing everything they can to prevent him from being on the ballot? Which one is it? I'm a little confused here. American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. A couple of what I think are very disheartening stories. One involving um, the annual youth rally and Mass for Life, which have been held in conjunction with the March for Life. And the new Archbishop of Washington... Uh, has canceled the march or the uh, the mass for life event, and at the same time, you have the Mormon Church. They are coming out in support of same sex marriage. I mean, what what is going on with our religious institutions here? What why is it that it seems like every day that goes by, you have these religious institutions that are separating themselves from their beliefs and and the, the the written word so that they can adhere to and support a political party and, and, and a political movement that is of man. I mean who are these people serving? I'm gonna share those stories and it, it's I mean I'm telling you it is a a very, very frightening sign when we see our religious institutions begin to turn away from God and instead towards supporting a political party in government. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. Your voice is needed. The American people have to pull their heads out of their keisters. Now more than ever. And start thinking like responsible Americans. Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Don't forget 0% financing. I want to remind you this going into the holidays. A lot of people want to start thinking about improving your home. You have you go visit your family and you do Thanksgiving or Christmas there and you start looking around like, man, I love their floors. Ah, don't want to use savings for it and financing interest rates are so high right now. 0% financing with Floors Plus Nixa and Floors Plus Springfield. It's Floors Plus in Nixa and Springfield. All the uh, contact info you can find under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Okay. American Transmissions Talk and Text Line. Nick, please. It is DeSantis, not DeSantis. Thank you. It's always rewarding when you prepare a three hour show every day, and that's the takeaway. Someone. I'll work on that. I'm just kidding. I know that can be extremely frustrating. DeSantis. Not DeSantis. Washington, D.C. Cardinal Wilton Gregory has canceled the yearly youth rally and mass for life held in conjunction with the March for Life. The Washington Archdiocese said in a statement announcing the cancellation of the event, quote, for over 25 years, the youth rally and mass for life have blessed us with the opportunity to host and minister to thousands of our local youth and hundreds of thousands more from across our great nation. 
The Archdiocese said the cancellation was a difficult decision that followed a consultation process that involved dialogue with other dioceses, minister leaders, and the partners who assist the Archdiocese in hosting the annual rally for Mass. Up to now, the annual youth rally has been the Archdiocese's largest yearly event, according to its website. Website reading that the rally strives to encourage the youth participating in the National March for Life in their witness as disciples of Christ and promoters of the gospel of life. It is the largest annual Archdiocese event, which in many ways has grown to become a national, even international event with pilgrims traveling from as far away as the U.S. Virgin Islands and Australia. Over the years, Cardinal Gregory has taken conciliatory approach to pro-abortion Catholics. In November of 2020, he declared he would not deny communion to Joe Biden, continuing the practice established by former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick of offering communion to pro-abortion politicians. The following year, the Cardinal reiterated his position, insisting bishops are, quote, not there as police, but there as pastors. Gregory also invited Speaker of the House Pelosi to speak at the pulpit in his own cathedral during the funeral of journalist and author Cokie Roberts, despite Pelosi's well-known support of abortion on demand. The National March for Life has explained why the march is is as important as ever following June's Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Some say that there's no longer need for the movement uh, to gather for the annual March for Life in D.C. The group notes on its website, but, quote, such confusion could not be further from the truth. And I definitely agree with that. Now, it really doesn't go into, in this particular piece any explanation as to why it was they decided that the single largest event in which they encourage youth in their witness as disciples of Christ and promoters of the gospel of life to, to share the word, why that is no longer important enough to carry out. I, I don't. It just seems to me that we need that sort of thing more than ever. That, that in a time when you have those that believe government is God, that believes in the worship of man as opposed to God, uh, work very effectively at isolating people of faith into believing that they are extremists, that they are all alone. I mean, you watch any sort of a television program or uh, you know, just l- listen to pop culture or news outlets and the way that they coverage these things. You know, if you if you are somebody who has Christian beliefs, you are demonized, you are ostracized, you are made to feel, or that's their attempt anyhow, that you are an extreme minority. And nothing counters that more than the communion of coming together, having other individuals of faith gathered together, worship together, speak of the word together, and for the the cardinal in D.C., and I'm not Catholic, I don't have anything to do with the Catholic Church, so yeah, I, I suppose this doesn't impact me other than as an American. There's no demographic of people, I think, more than young people who, who desperately in our time need this sort of thing, and to decide to no longer to do it, I, I think it's just a devastating decision. And it's beyond me why you would not want—I mean, to me, you expand on something like this. 
You you don't do none of it. You do more of it. But again, not a member of the Catholic Church or the Mormon Church. In an unexpected move, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gave its support Tuesday to a proposed federal law that recognizes all legal marriages, codifying marriages between boys and boys and girls and girls, even though, of course, you can decide your own gender. The nearly 17 million member Utah-based faith said in a statement that church doctrine would continue to consider same-sex relationships to be against God's commandments, yet it said it would support rights for same-sex couples as long as they did not infringe upon religious groups' right to believe as they choose. Quote, we believe this approach is the way forward as we work together to preserve the principle and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals. They forgot the plus. Much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding, the church said in a statement posted on its website. Wouldn't it be fabulous if activists treated these religious organizations with the same sort of kindness and generosity? <laughs> Saw, so, um, what's her name, Candace, uh, she's uh, Kirk Cameron's sister, and she does a lot of the Hallmark stuff, and she's a Christian, so of course... That means she's an extremist wacko. And Hallmark Channel has been like one of the very, very, very few channels that hasn't pushed marriage outside of traditional marriage so much. And, and she was asked about it recently in an interview, and, and it sounds as if that sort of thing may get touched on, but the centralized storylines are generally going to be centered around traditional marriage. And, of course, she's being called every horrible thing under the book because of what she because of her religious beliefs and called a bigot. And I find... Generally speaking, in these examples, when it comes to the the Catholic Church and abortion, at least in the Washington, D.C. area, and Mormons with same-sex marriage, they they go overboard to try and accommodate those who do not live by their belief systems to demonstrate, perhaps even to their own detriment, to demonstrate, hey, you know, we're cool with you. We may not believe it, but do what you want. But there's not really any, uh, you know, reciprocation there. They still get called bigots. They still get called all sorts of names. You're not supposed to share those beliefs. You're not supposed to have those beliefs. You can be a Christian. You just have to believe what the left-wing activists say that you believe or have to believe. It's funny. They never go after Muslims for this sort of thing, do they? They never really target them. They don't call Muslims bigots or homophobes, or transphobes. It's sort of interesting. I'd like to one day just ask some of these left-wing organizations, here's a poster board. Could you draw out the hierarchy? I imagine it would look something like when Dwight Schrute was drawing out the power structure for Michael Scott when he was trying to have him hand over authority to him to fire somebody. And it was this matrix of just this this, this web of, of power structure. And when it comes to the left... Uh, it would be quite interesting to see what that looked like on paper. There is a piece that I do want to share from the Federalist. It's in this context of the legislation that, of course, Republicans 
are reaching across the aisle to join with Democrats regarding getting the federal government involved in defining marriage because, Lord knows, there just isn't enough government in our private lives as it is. And so some members of the party that claims it's for privacy and smaller government are joining with Democrats to utilize the full force of the federal government to get into your private life. Uh, There's a piece in The Federalist explaining GOP senators helping Dems kill the meaning of marriage. I'll share that next. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Somebody had texted in on the American Transmission Talk and Text Line. Who are you to take away the right to choose from another individual? I thought they were talking about abortion. Uh, said, I still believe it is a sin, but I would be a hypocrite to deny others the freedom of choice, even if it goes against the Bible. And so I said, choose what? The choice to be a gay individual. I don't, I don't, I'm not taking away anybody's choice to be gay, which it's my understanding it's not a choice. Um, but, you know, to pretend, I don't care. You do what you want. I just don't understand why I have to be involved in it or why the government has to be involved in it. I, I don't, you know, and because it, it, if we're going to do an all or nothing, so my stance is government just shouldn't be involved in it. You know, if you belong to a church and, and that's what's important to you before God is, is to have your minister, your faith leader, uh, you know, to do that and, and you know, to, to that marriage. OK, and if you're a guy and a guy and you find what do I care? It's these people that insist on the federal government getting involved and demanding that the federal government do this and the federal government do that. I don't care what people do. It's this insistence of forcing everybody else to be involved in it that I that I have a problem with. Here's a piece that Sean Fleetwood has written in The Federalist. Having seemingly learned nothing from the losses in the 2022 midterms, Senate Republicans are preparing to sell out their voters by working with their Democrat colleagues to alter the definition of marriage under federal law by the end of this week. On Monday, a bipartisan group of senators announced that they had reached an agreement on adding an amendment to the deceptively named Respect the Marriage Act, which they claim would both codify same-sex marriage into federal law and protect America's religious liberties and diverse beliefs. Now, incidentally, if, if I don't, also understand how it is that we can say, well, we're going to codify in law straight marriage and gay marriage, but not um, polygamy or polyamorous relationships. I remember having this discussion. It was with a media person during the whole gay marriage debate and whether government should be involved in it, whether it should be legal. And so I asked, well, how can you then, you know, are you do you support polygamy? being legal. Well, no. I said, well, well, I mean, why? If love is love and if the government is going to be involved and the government should be involved in everyone's relationship, even if it's not traditional, why not polygamy? And the answer was, well, that's different. Well, gay marriage is different than straight marriage. Yes, that's the point. And there there was no answer. And I, I still, to this day, have not been provided an answer to that question, 
Uh, now, w- what I believe the answer is, it is another circumstance in which people say that they believe anyone should be able to get married as long as, you know, love is love and so forth. Well, as long as it fits their definition. And polygamy doesn't fit their definition. And so in reality, they're behaving just like those that they call bigots and homophobes. They're just picking and choosing whom it is that that the federal government should or the state government, a local government, uh, should be defining as the ability to be married in, in, as, in a married relationship. It's just they have a different discriminatory approach to it. And, you know, that's another aspect of this that never gets addressed. That aside, the piece continues. Under the proposed legislation, states would be legally prevented from denying, quote, full faith and credit to any public act record or judicial proceeding with respect to marriages between individuals based on sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. The Democrat-controlled House and previously uh, had previously passed an earlier version of the bill this year with the help of 47 Republicans. If Congress successfully passes it, the measure would allow left-wing activists to use the legal system to harass religious Americans and institutions for simply exercising their God-given rights. As the Family Heritage Alliance noted, the bill would require federal recognition of any one state's definition of marriage without any parameters, including open marriages and marriages involving a minor or relative. And any other new definition of marriage that a state chooses to adopt would be recognized federally. Organizations such as the Colson Center have also highlighted the dangers of the legislation, specifically the door it leaves open for Democrats to codify radical gender theory into federal law. Quote, if the LGBT community that is referred to throughout this bill, which means that if the bill passes, marriage will become a genderless institution by force of law. This will harm children and further confuse reality, the group said. In essence, the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act would open the floodgates for leftists to wage an all-out legal assault against any American for obeying the word of God and refusing to bow to their rainbow-everything agenda. And I do think it's funny it's called Respect for Marriage Act when marriage is apparently, the way this laid out, anything that anybody wants it to be. So in other words, it is defineless. There, there is no actual definition of marriage. Sort of like there's no actual definition anymore of woman or any actual definition of man, according to people on the left, because you just get to decide that. Since the U.S. Supreme Court's 2015 Oberfell versus Hodges decision, which overturned marriage laws in numerous states and redefined the institution of marriage by judicial decree, LGBT activists have used the legal system to target religious Americans and institutions across the country over sexuality and so-called gender issues. One of the most prominent cases in recent years is that of Jack Phillips, the Colorado cake artist, taken to court because he refused to make a custom wedding cake for a same-sex wedding. Although the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Phillips in 2018, the Colorado baker has found himself in court once again, this time for refusing to make a cake celebrating transgenderism. See how they're always going after Christians. Attack, 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 and just destroy through legal fees. Other examples of targeted assaults against people and institutions of faith over LGBT matters include the Biden administration's directing religious schools to allow individuals to use their preferred dormitories and shared shower spaces, multiple lawsuits against Christian wedding vendors, and attacks on faith-based adoption agencies. 
The Republican senators partnering with Democrats on the amendment, however, are pushed putting a different spin on it. Quote, the Respect of Marriage Act is needed to step to provide millions of loving couples in same-sex and interracial marriages the certainty that they will continue to enjoy the freedom, rights, and responsibilities offered to all other marriages, said retiring Ohio GOP Senator Rob Portman in a joint statement, saying we look forward to this legislation coming to the floor and are confident this amendment will help earn the broad bipartisan support needed to pass our common-sense legislation and law. It's common sense in addition to Portman, other senators involved in the negotiations include Democrat Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, who's an extreme leftist, Kristen Semina of Arizona, as well as Tom Tillis, Republican of North Carolina, and Susan Collins of Maine. Upon the announcement of the newly proposed amendment, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer filed a motion for the upper chamber to hold a procedural vote on the legislation this week, with it expected to take place on Wednesday, according to CBS News, if successful in clearing the 60-vote threshold. The measure would move to final passage and then need to be passed by the House once again before going to Biden's desk for signature. Among the Republican senators that have previously indicated support for federally changing the definition of marriage, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. When it comes to the issue of the government being involved in in our private lives, I recognize I have a much different position on it than uh, a lot of other people do. And the position I take is the one that the LGBT community used to take, and that is stay out of our business, stay out of our bedroom. But now the position evidently is, no, we want you there. We want you to applaud it. Uh, I thought I was libertarian on this issue until, you know, some point years ago, I found out libertarians also expand or um, uh, support expanded government when it comes to marriage in the name of equality. Instead of saying uh, government should get out of everyone's marriage, uh, they say, no, no, it should get involved in everyone's marriage. Never understood that Uh, from a libertarian party perspective. It seems to be a total and complete contradiction of everything they say they stand for. But again, I recognize I'm the odd man out on this one. I'm fully aware of my surroundings. Um, I, I just, why it is, it, this is to me, it's a condition of a people who have been conditioned to believe that something doesn't matter, even something as personal as your relationship with someone else that you're in love with that somehow it doesn't matter unless the federal government says that it's official i can't think of anything that is more demeaning to a relationship than believing that i i can't think of anything that that degrades the 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 true essence of what matters in a relationship more than thinking i have to have politicians in government codify it that's to me total nonsense but like i said i fully recognize i'm the odd man out in this and unfortunately even when you're somebody who takes the position i do that government shouldn't be involved in anybody's relationship that is somehow labeled as homophobic as hating gay people even though my position is consistent when it comes to straight relationships in this capacity um I also understand that there is an argument when it comes to cultural outcomes 
that we need government to encourage marriage between a man and a woman because ultimately societies have proven to be overall healthier when you have a man and a woman as the head of a family together and then children that learn from that particular balance. But I also know that history shows us government forcing that doesn't work. I mean, did it really work up until a few years ago when democracy was overridden? The vote of the people was overridden, and the courts decided to say that traditional marriage no longer exists. I mean, culturally, we were in a pit already. So government forcing that involvement did not do any good, in my opinion, towards you know, crafting and encouraging a, a more moral and ethical and healthy society. You know, that's something that's, that's in the heart and, and in the family, and government, uh, you know, Trying to involve itself is not going to make things better. Generally, it doesn't. But like I said, genuinely, I also understand I'm the odd man out on this one. News in 60 seconds.